Welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the solid rock of Scripture? Welcome to today's podcast. Once again, I will take the opportunity to thank you so much for listening into this, and I hope that it's a blessing to you and that it's going to help you in your walk with the Lord. After all, that's the most important thing in our discussion of denominations and theology and movements and so on and so forth. Let's never forget that the most important thing is one's relationship with Jesus Christ. And I hope that that's what you have and it's on a solid ground, a solid footing of the scriptures. After all, that's the final arbiter of what's right and wrong, the final standard of truth and falseness. So I want to encourage you to make sure that above all things that you keep your mind fixed on the Word of God. It'll never lead you astray. Pastors come and go, churches come and go, but the Word of our Lord stands forever, the Scripture says. So I want to encourage you that way. Well, in these past few podcasts, we have been looking at the distinctives of what it means to be a Baptist, that there are distinctions that uh, set apart somebody who would go under that uh, that moniker, that name of Baptist. And we've been taking some time to look at that. I, I happen to be a Baptist because I, uh, after careful study of the Scripture, uh, I believe that it's an accurate reflection of what the Word of God teaches as, uh, as I serve Him in this world. Uh, I don't think any Baptist would claim, well, some might, but uh, the Baptists that I run with uh, would never claim to have an absolute corner on the truth, that there are good men who disagree on, on non-essential things. And I think we need to establish the fact that there are essential doctrines to be believed without which you cannot have a right relationship with God. I've enumerated some of those in the past podcasts, but there are also non-essentials. Uh, Not everybody is going to agree on those things that are not essential for salvation. But I think that on these matters that that I've been teaching about in the podcast regarding Baptist uh, distinctives, uh, this is why I am who I am as a Baptist, because I believe these things accurately reflect a teaching of the Scripture. Well, we've been looking through several of them. We've already gone through a number of them. We talked about the letter B in Baptist representing, and this is arbitrary, of course, but these are essentials. But the letter B stands for biblical authority. We looked at that, that it's the sole source of our faith and our practice. We looked at the letter A, which is the autonomy of the local church, that Baptists have always fiercely defended the independence and autonomy of the local church, that there is no hierarchy or or some external board to the church that dictates what the church must do, that dictates what pastor they must have, uh, none of these things. Uh, but uh, uh, Baptists have always believed that they were self-governing and that the assembly of believers in that church, the congregational um, a, a, a rule is in that church uh, uh, on its own. Then we looked at the letter P, which stood for the priesthood of the believer, that everybody by virtue of the uh, fact that they have trusted Jesus Christ, they have been redeemed by his grace, that they are made kings and priests, that you are your own priest before Jesus Christ. You are the one that goes to the high priest yourself. You don't need any human mediator 
intercessor. Uh, you have direct access to the throne of God by the blood of Jesus Christ, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us. And so uh, you can understand the word of God. You can study the word of God. You can pray for others. You can lift one another up. You can have spiritual worship with God and have equal access no matter who you are. We looked at the letter T, which stood for two ordinances, an ordinance being that which is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And certainly the first one being baptism is uh, a a uh, ritual by which we identify publicly uh, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And then certainly the Lord's table, the second ordinance, uh, teaches that sacrificial death and resurrection of Christ. So uh, we looked at that. Now, today we're going to look at two more, uh, and that is individual soul liberty, the letter I, B-A-P-T-I, individual soul liberty. That means that if you're a Bible-believing Baptist, that every individual, uh, whether and this is whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, but you have the liberty to choose what you believe is right on the basis of what the Scripture has to say. Uh, nobody should be forced to uh, give an assent to any belief against his will. Baptists have always opposed religious persecution. However, this liberty does not exempt one from responsibility to the Word of God or for an accountability, uh, one's accountability to God Himself, that you have individual soul liberty between you and God there uh, uh, and His Word. You have the responsibility to understand God's Word, and then you have the freedom to be able uh, to live that word out in obedience, individual soul liberty. Um, th that means that you don't have to agree with some particular uh, religious leader, some president, some executive, some head of some organization. Uh, you are not restricted to holding their positions, but you can hold your position based on what the word of God teaches. Okay, so that's so important. Uh, a next one would be S, the letter S. That stands for a saved, baptized church membership. Uh, local church membership is restricted then to individuals who have actually given or can give a genuine, believable testimony of personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, a, a kind of faith that has demonstrated itself in the fruit of the Spirit, uh, that your good works and testimony before the Lord are evidence of one's salvation. Uh, those people back in the uh, uh, colonial age here in New England, it was uh, though only though you were not able to vote even in town politics unless you belonged to the congregational church, which was uh, called by another name called the Standing Order. In New Hampshire, you could not even vote in town unless you belonged to that church. In fact, you were taxed to pay for the congregational minister's salary. Uh, and when it would come time for town politics, you were not to vote. Now, 
the problem was that there were people that were not converted, and that was particularly emphasized or exaggerated when they came up with something called the Halfway Covenant. And the Halfway Covenant in colonial New Hampshire, New England itself, meant that when you were born and baptized as a Congregationalist, you were automatically joined to the church. You were a member of the church. And at a certain point, as you grew uh, uh, older, then you were to confirm that. So there was a halfway covenant, it was called. Well, what happened is the the uh, people who grew up in that age, they came up through the church, but they never genuinely experienced conversion. And so you had churches all through New England in the 1700s that were full of unconverted, unsaved people that had never experienced the forgiveness of Christ. And that's why you had missionaries coming from England like George Whitefield, who came and preached in the open air, preaching in places where uh, uh, even in churches, but the people that were in the churches he was preaching to were not even saved people. They were just a bunch of people that were gathered together and went through the convenience of the halfway covenant so that they could participate in government. And so it became obvious that there needed to be a standard by which those who are attached to the church are genuinely, legitimately part of that church. Baptists have that idea and had that idea and promoted it that the only people that should belong to local church membership is people that are actually Christians, that are actually saved, that are disciples of Christ, that you can publicly identify yourself with him, even in believer's baptism. Um, when members of a local church are believers, there is a spirit of unity that exists there. Uh, and you can have that in that bond of peace, as the scriptures say. And so uh, Baptists have always held that those that are part of the church ought to be saved. Today, in most Bible-believing churches, people would say, well, duh, of course that's supposed to be the but that's not always the way it was historically. So it's important that we understand that. A Baptist church is going to demand that you be a genuine, legitimate Christian, that you be a disciple and saved. These things are important. They are held to be true. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47 teaches it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12 teaches that. And 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Uh, we know that the Bible teaches very seriously that those that are part of the genuine body of Christ are saved. Well, God bless you today, and I hope that you'll take these things to heart, and that's what makes people uh, a person a Baptist, and I've got two more to go, and we'll finish out the podcast week, because uh, I've pluralized the word Baptist, made it, made it into Baptists with an S on the end, and uh, I'll finish up those next two. Now, with all that in mind, I want to encourage you to walk faithfully before the Lord today. When you get to heaven I want you to hear me right now, those of you that are listening to this podcast, and it goes all over the place. Listen to these words. When you get to heaven one day, or when, excuse me, let me rephrase that. When you step out into eternity, God is not going to ask you whether you were a Baptist. God is not going to ask you whether you were baptized by immersion. 
God is not going to ask you if you have belonged to a, gone to Sunday school or attend what church you've attended. What God is going to ask you is, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? Have you humbled yourself and surrendered to him? Have you bowed the knee to him and acknowledged that not accepted him as Lord, but acknowledged he's Lord whether you want to or not? But have you acknowledged that he's your Lord and your Savior and you have no other means of forgiveness except through him? I hope you have. I want you to give some thought to that. It's not your denomination. It's your Savior. Who is it? It's not your pastor. It's not your church. It's Jesus Christ and Him alone. Died. He was crucified. He was buried. But He rose again. Praying for you today. God bless you. Walk with Him. And be obedient to